0: direct from the six world-renowned Canada's largest city with Canada's biggest thinkers visionaries and hustlers this is startup talk featuring the founders funders innovators and community leaders who've led Canada's startup ecosystem right here in Toronto you'll hear the challenges the failures the successes Toronto startup podcast gives you the full story direct from the entrepreneurs and influencers who've made a difference now the host of startup talk the founder of toronto starts the startup coach
1: welcome back to startup talk toronto startup podcast with the startup coach on this episode i talked to one of toronto starts own rain from Jaunton, about winning 5k at the cne national pitch competition getting insurance with a swipe getting b2b traction and what it's like for a startup to find and work with enterprise partners I also take the time to talk to Stuart Brown, CEO of PyCap Venture Partners and startup funding expert to talk about what he looks for in a startup, advice when talking to angel and VC investors and more, all on this episode of Startup Talk. Hey, it's a startup coach here, and I'm down at the CNA Innovation Garage, and they have an innovation pitch competition all weekend long. So I'm here with Rain from Jaunton and they won the pitch competition in their category yesterday and won $5,000. So tell me about, one your category, and how was it pitching here?
2: Oh, it was fun. Uh, you, we're right in the Innovation Garage pitching in, in the middle of everything. So we're in the travel and leisure uh, category, and uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, win the win the division. So we'll be
1: moving on to the semifinals on Sunday. Oh, yeah, and I'm actually a judge in the semifinals on Sunday. So I, uh, we won't tell anybody that. Oh. So tell us a little bit about, about what Jotun is and how you came up with the idea. So, Jonathan is a software company that enables
2: insurance companies uh, to distribute microinsurance, so hourly insurance policies. Uh, So, as you can imagine, a lot of insurance right now is done annually. Well, with the gig workers and the shift in uh, temporary jobs, people are looking for shorter-term coverage. So, we have a software that helps insurance companies distribute those shorter-term insurance policies. And the way we got into it is I was actually a gig worker myself. Uh, Whenever I got a gig job, I wanted the ability to quickly and easily get some sort of coverage for just that time I was uh, working. But uh, that solution didn't exist, so we created it ourselves.
1: And so how long have you been doing this? Uh, It's about uh, 16 months now. So um, I know I work with startups all the time, and that is a big problem for having insurance for all sorts of reasons when you're an individual or a freelancer and all that kind of stuff. So this was a big pain for you for a while. and, And how did you build your team? Was it you by yourself?
2: Uh, So it's uh, myself and my co-founder, Maya. Uh, She's uh, the non-tech side. I'm more on the tech side. So we balance each other out really well. Uh, She focuses on the non-tech side, uh, uh, keeping us all organized and uh, the new business development partnerships. And then I
1: can kind of be uh, face down uh, uh, building the technology. So you started this six months ago. I met you, I think it was April last year. It could be... Mm -hmm. um, It's a little blurry going back. I run so many I remember it being cold. What's happened since then? What's your market traction like? What are Where are you? Sure. So uh, we went live with AIG, our first insurance partner, to provide
2: hourly insurance, uh, travel insurance to uh, travelers, I guess, obviously. Uh, so now you can get just one hour of insurance through your phone. It's say you want to cross the border just to go shopping for a couple hours uh, in Niagara Falls. You can actually get two hours or three hours of insurance now for the time you're on the other side of the border. So that was a huge win for us. We're hoping to expand with them and then we're in talks with numerous other insurance companies around the world actually who want to use our
1: software to distribute both travel and non-travel related uh, insurance products. How do you measure traction in this? Are they active users or is it just by big corporate customers like being on AIG? Right. So uh, for us, it's mostly uh, the B2B sales, so the number
2: of uh, insurance companies we can sign. And then in secondary would be the number of uh, people that come back and continue to use that insurance with that insurance company. Because our goal is to not only convert the transaction, but the, uh, the user to a life, lifetime user for
1: the insurance partner. And with your insurance partner, are you a white-labeled product or do they see Johnton?
2: Uh, It is completely white-labeled, so uh, we are not a broker or or an agent. We are a software company, so therefore all the branding is the insurance partner's branding.
1: Great. And so what's the next step for you guys?
2: So uh, we continue to uh, negotiate additional contract with contracts with insurance companies and then at the same time we are uh, in talks with uh, platforms uh, just as an example of a platform we're not not necessarily speaking to them but uh, Expedia would be one Uh, TaskRabbit would be another where uh, we want to integrate our technology and the insurance from obviously the insurance company into the platform so they too can start to distribute insurance on their platforms.
1: Yeah and I've seen your product a couple of times now and the you know The one-click, one-press, or swipe, depending on what you're doing on the Mm -hmm. screen, to get uh, insurance and then turn it off has got to be empowering to millennials. So it's interesting to understand um, how you're not necessarily targeting the end consumer because your clients are the insurance companies because you're just enabling Mm -hmm. the technology for them. Exactly. Um, How are your clients targeting um, millennials in the new generation who don't want to deal with uh, old-style insurance?
2: Uh, so, uh, actually, it's not uh, all that complicated. Uh, a lot of uh, paid search and uh, uh, targeted ads are uh, the, the way they're doing it. So the thing with insurance is the way people start buying it or looking for it is usually search. So that's uh, probably the biggest area. And then other creative ways that they're doing it is uh, bloggers teaming up with influencers and bloggers because uh, that's that's the era where we live in, where uh, you go on Instagram, you see somebody doing something, and then uh, it motivates you to do the same. So.
1: And that's great for consumers, but a lot of our listeners probably, and definitely um, the people I deal with in our community, are B2B. So how do you actually get the insurance uh, company's attention to talk to you? Because, you know, you're not necessarily a big name right now.
2: Yeah, uh, so we've been lucky in that sense. All our leads so far have been inbound from us doing uh, speaking engagements and pitching, such as here at the CNE. We're really, uh, uh, we have a great PR lady that, gets us a bunch of uh, speaking engagements on panels at different conferences and from there uh, people come to us uh, just wondering what our technology is all about so that's worked out really well for us and so far that's really the only thing we've been doing we don't have a sales team or anything yet
1: so for six first earlier startups who are earlier on than you and they have an idea what kind of advice would you have for them
2: oh boy advice advice uh startups in general or yes. uh geez um when you're about to give up, don't because that's when the next breakthrough is going to happen. Is and that's happened to me so many times where I was really so close to giving up. I gave myself another week, and then something good happened. And then it goes in cycles, but just you can't you can't give up. Right when you're when you think you're going to give up, something good is going to happen, and uh, I, I stick to that.
1: So there's two sides of that. You know, the belief that once you decide um, what you're going to do and what your goals are, the universe conspires to make those happen. But at the same time, the universe doesn't make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. They do, uh, perseverance is a good uh, quality in an entrepreneur to make sure that you don't uh, buckle at your first problem, that you continue to purse through. The universe won't make it uh, easy. We'll throw the problems and you will have those desperate moments.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and just like anything, you have to go out and get it. If you're sitting back waiting for something, you should really be thinking to yourself what can I do to speed this up? What can I do from my end to uh, get that person to respond to me or to uh, to make that sale. So, uh, it's always look back on yourself and see what you can do to make yourself or your company and startup, uh, move forward more quickly.
1: Yeah. I, um, whenever I'm talking to an entrepreneur or startup and they say they're waiting for something, that's a red flag Mm -hmm. for me. Absolutely. Waiting shouldn't really be in your vocabulary unless, you know, you're trying to, uh, DQ waiting times or whatever for people because, uh, waiting is not an activity.
2: For, for me it's uh, it comes off as an excuse for yeah. the most part yeah. it,
1: it it generally is and so um, you, if if there is for something you know reg, uh, regulation legislation yeah there might be some legi- like real legitimate mm-hmm. things that are coming down the pipe that but that means you need to be active in all these other areas to move stuff forward.
2: Absolutely. If you're doing a startup and you find yourself uh, bored or not doing something, something's probably not right because at the end of the day, startup life is a lot of crazy hours. And if you find yourself having a lot of time or even some time available to you, you might want to see what else there you you can do to help yourself uh, in the future and speed things up.
1: Yeah, and I think entrepreneurs uh, at least at the early stage don't understand the level of effort if... um like, I'll go out to meet a friend for a drink on a Saturday night, maybe not this Saturday night, because mm-hmm. I'm working here, and I'll bring my laptop, and I'll be working before they get here, and I'll yep. be working after they leave, and I'm, like, working, working, working. Start-up you take life. those 15 minutes, you take those half-hour, yeah. and people always say, don't you take a break? Yeah, I take a break when I'm actually talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you have to make these sacrifices if you want to drive the uh, thing successful. Is there... Um, a book that you've read in the last year that would you would find inspirational for entrepreneurs or any uh, entrepreneurial book you would recommend?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this is a popular one, Zero to One. Uh, I'm totally blanking on the author right now, but uh, that, that one is a great read for uh, uh, any aspiring uh, entrepreneur. And then also, if you're already in the startup world, you have to read uh, Venture Deals. Again, I'm blanking on the authors. Brad book. Feld. Yes, yes. Um, that is the Bible for
1: uh, fundraising. Uh, I met Brad Feld years ago. He uh, he wrote several uh, books with one of our advisors, Sean Weiss. Um, Brad Feld's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. He's written a lot of books. Um, and uh, Startup Opportunities is a great book to read. Uh, if you're getting in the process, read Startup Opportunities, then read Lean Startup. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and that's another good one is Lean Startup. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's funny. We, it, um, he talks briefly about work-life balance and something I've I seen with him recently. And there really isn't a work-life balance when it comes to entrepreneurship. There's just, you know, your life. Because mm-hmm. um, work-life balance... Uh, uh, imagines a scale in balance. And I don't know any entrepreneur where that thing life is in balance. So I think you just really need to understand that something around your self care and taking care of yourself through, you know, your 80 hours, hundred hour work week and having the support system to support you there.
2: Yeah, and exactly. If, if you have a good support system and your uh, my recommendation is to obviously keep physically and mentally fit, uh, it, it will go a long way, especially in the long term. As you start to
1: burn out, uh, you'll be able to go longer than others that aren't taking that care of themselves. So right now, are you looking for funding or are you just trying to uh, connect with uh, potential customers?
2: So yeah, we are actually in parallel fundraising. Uh, we are uh, hoping to raise something for Q4 of the, uh, or so over the next couple months. Uh, we're completely bootstrapped right now, so we're hoping to use those funds to hire a team, build a team, and get this company really
1: uh, going and uh, no- noticed in the software uh, industry. Have you talked to all the funding suppliers? You talked to Shred and Ontario Centre of Excellence and the Digital Media Tax Credit and all the different government programs?
2: Yeah, the ones you just mentioned uh, we have, uh, but there seems to be like an endless supply, which is a great thing for Canada, I think. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've hit all those, and then we continue to uh, look for additional ones. And it's, it's almost a full-time job in itself. Uh, yeah, and we'll uh, talk a little bit yeah. off,
1: uh, offline about a couple other opportunities for you. Awesome. Is there any uh, last parting words you have for our audience?
2: Oh, man. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, if you're thinking of getting into the startup life, uh, it's not for everyone, but uh, keep the end game in mind. You're doing this for a reason, whether it's for the money or to get out of a corporate job and uh, to be happy. Uh, Just always keep the end game in mind. It'll keep you uh, motivated to keep going.
1: And where do people find out more about you and your company?
2: Uh, Johnton.com. So J-A-U-N-T-I-N.com. And you can follow me uh, personally on Instagram or Twitter at RaRain. So R-A underscore
1: R-A-I-N-E-S. And look for that in the show notes. And thank you for being part of Startup Talk. No, thanks for having me. It's a startup coach here. And today I'm here with Stuart Brown, CEO of PyCap Venture Partners. It's great to have you here today, Stuart.
3: Great. Thanks, Craig. Great to be here. So tell me, what is uh, PyCap Venture Partners? PyCap Venture Partners is a venture capital firm that uh, facilitates the raising of capital for early-stage companies.
1: So what does that entail?
3: That entails basically um, investing in companies directly through our venture capital fund. It also entails um, building up a company's financials depending on the stage that the company is in, and um, providing advisory services on how they can successfully raise capital from a number of sources, including, of course, VCs, angel investors, ICOs, STOs, um, angel groups, and government organizations. And so what types of startups do you work with? Uh, well, we, we work with uh, companies that are kind of in and around the uh, early stage, of course, like the pre-series A stage. So they usually have what's called a working prototype, a proof of concept, and some sort of market validation.
1: And what do you normally look for for market validation?
3: Uh, Well, I mean, best case scenario, uh, market validation comes in the form of revenue, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Uh, Oftentimes a company can prove That the market has, there's a demand out there for the product or service they're creating. And that can come in the form of um, uh, high-end customers using their beta uh, version of their platform. For example, uh, there's pre-sales through a crowdfunding platform that is a great indication of market validation. And um, I guess uh, how many followers they have and and that sort of thing. Yeah. Interesting. So traction in various forms. That's
1: right. Uh, so, at this point, um, having worked with lots of startups, what uh, what's the main thing you've seen startups struggle with?
3: Uh, well, just raising capital in general is a is a huge challenge. Um, if I could elaborate on that, I feel that uh, one of the major things holding companies back or or preventing them from being able to successfully finance their business is generally having a fundamental understanding of who and what they're trying to raise capital from. I mean, there's a lot of talk of VCs and angels and ICOs and crowdfunding and all of that sort of thing. But when you get right down to it and you speak with entrepreneurs, they may be brilliant in terms of creating the technology technology, for their product or service. They may really know the industry well that they're selling into, but they don't necessarily know uh, what motivates the investors that they're looking to raise capital from.
1: Interesting. So um, how did you get into this in the first place? Who was Stuart before PyCap?
3: Um, Stuart before PyCap, uh, I was uh, doing my MBA at the Schulich School of Business. Um, I was looking to get into investment banking and uh, I started to get involved with the world of angel investing and I learned a ton about um, early stage tech companies, what to look for, what what to avoid in terms of an investment opportunity despite the fact that a, a product might look good and in, in in the whole process of getting to know how to value deals and startups and and invest in them and get a return, I uh, decided that uh, there was a huge opportunity to create a venture capital firm like PiCap, and uh, we just pursued it, and um, that's what brought us here today, essentially. So
1: I've known you for a while now, probably I think my notes had said over three years, I'm not sure if it was, it's right around three years now anyway, um, and I know you've been a mentor and a speaker, how did you start doing that?
3: Well, there was a huge lack in the startup tech community for individuals who intimately know uh, the the space of venture capital. Um, VCs are inherently uh, private, hence the term private equity. They fall under the umbrella of private equity. So they have large amounts of capital usually, and they look to deploy that into uh, much-needing early-stage companies that are starving for capital. Uh, A lot of VCs get bombarded with entrepreneurs pitching them for financing. And so there isn't a huge incentive for them to get their name out there and um, become a public speaker and uh, educate entrepreneurs on uh, what, what it is to be a VC. So when... We were starting out, we were very open to um, get on stage and work with entrepreneurs. I mean, we we see ourselves as entrepreneurs and uh, helping them bridge that knowledge gap uh, was a huge amount of value for uh, the entrepreneurs we were speaking with and mentoring, as well as the uh, conferences and and events that uh, wanted someone with our experience to uh, educate the audience, basically.
1: Yeah, I also see you, uh, judging a number of pitch competitions. Not only several of our pitch competitions here at Toronto starts, but uh, the CNE Innovation Garage and several else. Um, do you get a lot of leads that way?
3: Yeah, we get a ton of leads for sure. Um, I mean, we do. A, we definitely do a, quite a bit of a judging of pitch competitions, as you mentioned in Toronto. But uh, we've also had the opportunity to judge pitch competitions in other countries as well, including uh, countries in Eastern Europe, in Latin America, throughout Asia. And uh, it's an amazing opportunity for us because we may have companies we're interested in getting involved with or adding to our portfolio, and then we might see a company doing exactly the same thing in a different country through these pitch competitions that we might not have known about otherwise.
1: Great, I always think they're a great source. I always tell my startups to pitch as many times as possible. In fact, I had two of my recent uh, startup launch graduates at Startup Fest pitching uh, this weekend. They were sending me snaps and they did fairly well. I don't think they won prizes, but uh, they're not quite there yet. Um, So you now uh, have taken this teaching to the next level and you run a course at U of T. What's that all about?
3: That's right. I mean, as mentioned, I mean, given the, the demand that's out there among entrepreneurs needing to learn, you know, as much as they can in order to successfully raise capital, uh, we have uh, embarked on this um, initiative with the University of Toronto to create this co- course called Financing an Early Stage Company. And it's with the University of Toronto uh, School of Continuing Studies. And our aim is to provide entrepreneurs uh, with everything they need to know to get an early stage company financed. But as we've we've seen, I mean, this is we've been doing this since the fall of twenty seventeen. We've had students who come from a whole array of different backgrounds, uh, government organizations, uh, individuals who are consultants helping out early stage companies. Um, we've we've had. Uh, individuals come in from Mars, uh, as well as like retired, you know, highly successful, very wealthy individuals who are not just looking to raise capital for a startup, but they're actually looking at it from a different perspective. So they want to learn, you know, how do VCs value deals? How do they decide which companies to invest in? So they're actually there to, uh, learn how they should make their own, uh, startup tech investments which oh, is interesting.
1: Very interesting. It's interesting to see all the different sides of the market um, that show up. When I run events, I always think it's uh, the startups or entrepreneurs, but a lot of times it's many other segments of the market there to look for clients or to learn more or to do all sorts of things. So interesting. Um, you mentioned ICOs a couple of times as we went through this. Um, ICO is obviously a new uh, initial coin offering is a new uh, funding source. How much do you cover in your course and how much are you into crypto?
3: Uh, we, so we, we cover it. It's a significant portion of the course, and we teach that right towards the end. Um, we dedicate an entire class to it, and we've gotten in um, uh, guest speakers who are uh, heavily involved and are industry leaders in the world of cryptocurrency. Uh, currently, we have one blockchain company that's involved in cryptocurrencies within our portfolio, and we see uh, massive potential there for all kinds of opportunities, uh, not least of which are uh, early stage companies uh, accessing capital to grow their business.
1: I've had five blockchain companies go through my accelerator program, Startup Launch, and just talking to Sunil Swarma, um, head of Techstars here in Toronto, a couple of days ago, he was telling me that their next cohort will be a strictly blockchain cohort which is very interesting. And as you know, um, I run the Toronto Cryptocurrency Conference. Uh, The seventh uh, one is tomorrow, actually. Um, And uh, just starting next week will be the Cryptocurrency Podcast. And probably what you don't know is next month, um, I'm doing a live radio show starting um, on blockchain radio, a weekly radio program. So I'm heavily invested in the crypto community space here. So we'd like to talk a little bit more as we go down that road. But um, since we've been talking in in this space for a long time we um you and i have decided that um, there's we need to educate more and more on startups on uh how do we get in front of people and how to uh, understand financing more and more and we've been working with a lot of the experts in the area and i know that you're designed a new course a a structure that we're going to be putting together around our toronto mastermind series and, you know, it's a looks like it's a 10 weeks program. It's not 100% finalized, but it's gonna cover creating a financial roadmap, understanding and creating a negotiating team, valuing startups, uh, how to value each startup, structure a successful investor presentation, building traction, building a winning team, inner workings of VCs, lean startup methodologies, in um, is my company VC fundable, and how to create an ICO STO. That's a lot of stuff to cover. Um, it is, uh, is there enough information for 10 weeks?
3: <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, in this space, I mean, having been in the venture capital industry for about seven years now, I never really have the problem of running out of things to talk about. Moreover, it's 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 more likely the case that there's too much to talk about, whereby, you know, my workshops and my classes usually run uh, beyond the end uh, time with questions and follow up, and even like bonus presentations that I always try to squeeze in. So um, yeah, there's there's a ton of material. Uh, the students that have taken my courses uh, have been quite happy with the results. And uh, we're happy to um, partner with uh, Toronto Starts in order to uh, facilitate uh, more learning for entrepreneurs who need it.
1: And I think we uh, share the same philosophy of adding more value. Um, I never like to go away feeling I've under-delivered. So whenever I run my programs, my workshops, my series are two or three hours long of content, content, content. Oh, and by the way, here's a share and here's the four manuals and here's the templates and here's all these other things so that uh, there's a ton of content. And I know that, um, based on all the things you've done and even uh, speaking and mentoring uh, for Toronto starts and the startup launch program, um, there's so much to be learned in the uh, BC and the financing area when it comes to startups that I'm really excited about this program. Um, moving forward, uh, I'll uh, at the end of the notes I'll put a link to the program so you can take a look at it yourself. Um, but moving forward, um, having said all this, do you have any parting advice um, for startups? uh, that you see they commonly do or what they need to get right?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, startups need to, uh, I mean, there's, there's so much advice. It's, it's, it's a tough question to kind of summarize, but if, if I'm speaking from my specific background, um, what entrepreneurs really, really need to do if they're building a business that, needs to raise capital in order to be successful. It is critical that they understand who they're pitching to and what motivates them and uh, how to go through that whole process. I mean, understandably so uh, a lot of companies get so focused in running their business and, and selling products and services to their customers and their market. But Selling your equity to an investor is a completely different story, and they, they really need to uh, intimately understand what's going on in that realm before they embark on that journey.
1: I couldn't agree more. I think um, the relationship between investor and a uh, startup and entrepreneur um, is more like a marriage than people understand, and they really need to take the time and consideration to know what you're getting into. Uh, so if people want to know more about you and Picap, how do they find out?
3: Okay, well, they could visit our website, which is ww.pycap.ca. That's P like Peter, Y like Yellow, C like Cat, A like Apple, P like Peter.ca. And if they're interested in learning more about the course we teach at U of T or about our VC fund or any of our other initiatives, they could contact us at info at py,
1: And the info and the links will be in the show notes below. Thank you very much for your time today,
3: Stuart. Great. Thanks, Craig. Great to be here.
0: This has been Startup Talk, Toronto's startup podcast. For more exclusive content, the episode vault, and to be part of Toronto Starts community, visit torontostarts.com. Get your name on the newsletter mailing list and check out our upcoming events. For more episodes, subscribe now. And please recognize the time and work behind the scenes put into connecting you with the biggest visionaries, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Toronto by leaving a five-star review. Join us for more next episode from Toronto's most active entrepreneur and startup community on Startup Talk.